So let's do a recap. What do we talk about in this episode? So I first share a little bit about how I met Sneha, and、mm-hmm. Sneha, you shared about your background and why you're passionate about languages. What else? And we talked about how we got and how I got into the program, the NCCU,、yeah. and the Huayu scholarship.、Mm. Talked a little bit about, I guess,、uh, what happened in the、uh, course. Like, yeah. How did the course work? Yeah. And we also talked about certain. Emo- I, for me, it was very emotional. So <laughs> some emotional experiences. Yes. Yes. The cultural experiences and. And how it led you to where you are right now, and the next moves. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover underrepresented and personal stories. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay to cry, you know. <laughs> we laugh <laughs> and we have our emotions, so no problem. Yeah, I think I've I've prepared mentally prepared for this, so yeah. That's, okay. If I cry, I'll cry. If I don't, then it's that's fine as well. Okay, not pushing anything. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Cool. So I'm gonna get started. Okay. Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound great. All right. I'm gonna move it like this one. I hope that I don't spit into the mic. All right. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. My name is Ping Robert, and thank you for listening to Chai with Ping.、Um, once again, this is just a little commercial thing. That if you like my show and you are willing to listen more, so please hit that subscribe button on whatever platform that you're listening from, and also give us review and feedback on Apple Podcasts. And you know, you can give us a star and leave some comments. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can also email. Me at chaiwithping at gmail dot com. So let's get started.、Um, today I invited a former student from India, and she's just so bright. She 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 wrote the little notes over here. She came from a multilingual background. So I think a lot of listeners, if you have been listening to my show, you know that a lot of、um, Indians they are multilingual, and her interest in immense. In,、um, Languages has been like encouraged in the family, and that's also how we met. We met in a Mandarin course in a university in northern India, and then later we're gonna talk about some of the journey that she had. And she had a passion of learning Mandarin, and later she went to、um, Taiwan on a, a government scholarship. So let's welcome Sneha. Hi! <laughs> Yay! It's good to see you. It's like, I think this is kind of like a u- reunion experience for me. So like, I find my friends really interesting, and I just invite all of them to come to the show. And but even though like even before we didn't, we haven't met for a long time, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. I think the last time I saw you was at your wedding. I know, two thousand sixteen, and you know, by the end of this month, it's gonna be the fifth year of my. Oh yes! Oh yes! Okay,、yeah. it's your anniversary month. <laughs> Happy it's anniversary! It's quite amazing. I know. And then, Sneha, you gave us a clock. Do you remember? Yeah. 
It has yeah, traveled three that. countries with us. It's still on a on the wall in our dining room, and a lot of people kind of just comment on that. Yeah, I'm gonna make Sarah <laughs> cry. <laughs> It's just lovely. So the listeners don't know. I'm just gonna describe. I'm gonna try. So the clock mm-hmm. is like a square, rectangular clock, and then there are spices glued in there. So it's almost like a spice clock. And but because of the Chinese culture and Taiwanese culture, like you're not supposed to gift a clock because that yeah. sounds like it rhymes with your sending an end to a person. So I remember mm-hmm. at my wedding.、Um, Zoe gave you a rupee or something. Yeah, no, me a rupee. So when you give me the gift, I have to give you a rupee to kind of、mm-hmm. break that myth thing. I'm not. I'm never、mm-hmm. superstitious on that, but I since people kind of go with it, I just went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in the Indian culture, clocks signify that. See, time is. There is no end to time, right? So、uh-huh. when they give a gift like a clock or a watch, it means your journey is timeless. It is <gasps> invaluable. It is forever, and it is yeah. It's like that. So that is、and、the meaning your, of. That's awesome. That's your wish on our marriage. Oh yes, yes. Hey, I like this meaning、yeah. more. Yeah. Wow! Awesome! Cool! Cool! And so, before we start, like Sneha right now is studying her master's in econometrics. It's a, such a hard word for me to pronounce, but um, I think we we will talk about this later in the interview. But um, I just want want to ask you: Do you want to share a little bit about your background and what you're passionate about? Okay. Um. But, uh. What I'm passionate about that's always been there. Is languages okay?、Um, I I my mother is、uh, Hyderabadi, so she speaks Telugu, Urdu, Hindi, and Marathi because we are Marathi. And my father,、uh, he is mixed basically. He's Kannada and Marathi mixed, so he can speak Kannada, Marathi, and Tamil as well. So both of them got married, and I've been, I have listened to. Multiple languages ever since I was a baby. So my grandmother would be at one corner of the house speaking in Kannada, and my another grandmother, if she comes down to our place, she'll be speaking in Marathi, and my dad will converse in both、uh, Marathi and Kannada. So I've always listened to multiple languages at at a given point. So and also my mother used to say that if you learn a language, you don't generally view a one particular language as that is the most beautiful language. You just view every language as beautiful, and you appreciate the culture behind the language, and you become more broad-minded and more appreciative and more tolerant. So that is something that I have grown up listening to, and.、Uh, When I got the opportunity at、uh, Jindal Global University to learn a new language, I just jumped at it, and I chose Mandarin because Mandarin was completely、um, foreign to me. I've never、uh, the the syntax, the words, the word structure, the、uh, character structure, everything is different. It's nothing similar to English, nor to any Indian languages. So it was like a mind stimulating、uh, experience for me. <laughs> And I just jumped at it, and I wanted to、um, do something about it. And that itch was always there. And、um, the first time I, I applied to the scholarship, I I <laughs> I'm honest, I didn't get it, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> 
because i didn't get to go to taiwan to learn yeah. learn, learn mandarin mm. but uh, as time passed by after 2 years i reapplied and i got it and i mm. went i just i didn't care about my job or i didn't care about anything else at that point of time i just needed to uh, go to taiwan it was there in my on my mind and uh, it it was like an itch you know that yeah, yeah i need to do this i mm. have to do this that kind of a thing Yeah. So that pushed me forward to apply reapply you know even though I didn't get it the first time I applied for a one year scholarship thankfully yeah. I got it and wow. I was so happy <laughs> Where were you when you applied for I know you're from Chennai Yeah yeah ah so okay and what did you do before you go to Taiwan for Actually uh, work uh, Yeah I was uh, working as a fellow in Madhya Pradesh uh, okay. in a tribal region I was working mm-hmm. with the tribals for a year and I was conducting interviews I was trying to uh, gain some knowledge about how uh, how their livelihoods could be improved enhanced and how their incomes could be increased I was working in that area then I came to Chennai because my mom was uh, ill she was diagnosed with uh, Uh, fourth stage cancer and i had to come down uh, to Ch- uh, chennai and i saw and i i was working in chennai in behavioral economics lab so at that time as well i was somehow <laughs> translating with languages i had uh, uh, bo- bo- i had supervisors who were from foreign uh, universities or from uh, you know from us or the uk and they didn't know the language and i was always translating somehow the language component keeps coming back to me and at that time i understood that there is something in languages that is dr- that i'm drawn to at a very deeper level and i can't deny that and somehow uh, after uh, my mom passed away in february and february 28th or something was the lo- uh, last date for applying so i just applied because uh yeah let's see what happens and uh, in june um, i didn't get any call back till june yeah i didn't even think i would get it because usually what the process is you you go to an interview attend an interview and then they let you know whether you 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 got it or you're not or you're not in uh so i didn't get any call back for an interview and i was thinking okay okay this is it i'm not going to get it uh but somehow they called me over the phone and said that yeah uh, we are just checking your application and i still didn't it didn't st- still strike me that it was an interview <laughs> I was just giving answers <laughs> because they were asking me questions. I thought it was some uh, you know check up thing that they yeah. do preliminary check up thing before yeah. they actually call for the interview. <laughs> and I was just giving answers and then in the end he uh, the interviewer said uh, uh we'll get back to you. I said like, okay fine maybe they want to get back to me regarding the date. And then mm. I actually my friend saw that I had gotten through. She saw the list. Yeah. Uh, my friend Maitri Yeah. Uh she saw the list and she messaged me saying you got it dude you got it <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations yeah but um before that I was I'm sorry to hear that your mom passed away I think I knew that was going on but sorry for your loss Yeah that was a very tough year actually yeah. and Taiwan was like a blessing for me because yeah. it made it allowed me to actually cope with my grief and it gave me a way out to because chennai was ha- held too many memories for yeah. me like my mom's memories and every time i get out or when i'm in the house it, 
everywhere i yeah. i remembered her and i was having flashes of memories all the time mm. i just couldn't handle it and taiwan was some that i think it came at the most opportune propitious moment moment yeah. of my life yeah i don't know what i would have done if i hadn't gotten taiwan scholarship and gone to taiwan i think yeah. i'm actually extremely grateful that uh, i was given that opportunity and i'm i i i i cannot i cannot even begin to express how helpful it was it's it was in many ways on many levels it was uh it was something that i needed and even yeah. though i didn't know i know it at that time it was mm-hmm. i needed that yeah yeah wow over the years i so i taught in india for 3 years over the years there were probably five to six students who apply to to be in Taiwan and so just for the listeners if you're looking for a scholarship to study mandarin or just mm-hmm. to study any higher education in Taiwan um January to February is the time to apply and then they'll get back to you in I don't know April to June. So one scholarship is called Taiwan scholarship that's for like graduate degrees and um for mandarin learning only so that's what Sneha applied it's called Huayu scholarship. I will link the um the links in the episode notes for the listener who are interested to take a look. Um so yeah, I think by this time the episode comes out, it should be around the time for application. Well, right now it's already on, I guess. And it's a mm. worldwide time frame, so every country every so the embassies in every country they will apply um they will accept applicants and then they'll do their own um interviews and I think each country or each region depending on the population and maybe the connection and all that they have some quota um and i think so then how you went the in the following fall to taiwan right yeah. what year was yeah. that it was in 2017 september yeah wow I even so that's when, the I, date. when we came here yeah we kind of each other oh oh and also a shout out for matri matri is also your cl- she was your classmate and then i think i guess we we just kind of stay connected and she went in what 2016 15 yeah i think she got uh, in 2015 and she yeah. went in 2016 january february types she got the yeah. six month scholarship mm and she went for that and she also she stayed there she stayed in taiwan for over a year yeah she got mm. another scholarship i think from nccu to stay for another extended time i should probably yeah. find her i still haven't found her she's really hard <laughs> to find <laughs> i want to ask her about the experience so sneha you said that it was a great time for you to grieve and to get healing so what exactly you did in 2017 in taiwan Uh, into for okay. so much memory right first, <laughs> <laughs> so many so many because um when i entered taiwan right i was not in a really great frame of mind though. and i used to plus uh going into a country where i didn't even speak the language properly i was not even having basic basic no i think uh, you're too convinced <laughs> <laughs> You're the best from your section. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a class of eight or ten, right? So yeah. Well, so, still, okay. still, come on. We we run a center. We know. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 
wait, we need to just、uh, advertise a little bit. So I used to work in Zoe, my colleague. We used to we met Sneha in Taiwan Education Center in India. So this is a government project, and they have centers around India, and then they have contracts to those connecting universities. So if you're around the area of you know they have collaboration, so、um, the students on that campus can take classes. Is there anything I should add? I guess that's it, right? In the center, we offer Mandarin classes, cultural、mm-hmm. events. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Oh,、yes. great! Awesome. I'm not yeah, gonna cut that part out. Okay. Where did you hear me? Ah,、uh, you were saying about、uh, Taiwan Education Center. You were going、yes. into the next bit. That's right. You were saying, yeah, 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 yeah. So Taiwan Education Center in India are in university campuses, and they offer、um, Mandarin classes, cultural events with native speakers, and yeah, I think that's about all. <laughs> all right, Sneha, <laughs> take it away.、Yeah. <laughs> so Taiwan for me was, I think.、Uh, A healing experience for me because when I entered the country, I had little, very little knowledge about how to converse. And I used to have, I remember, I still remember the day that I landed.、Uh, I called, I hailed a taxi, and I was, I mean, every taxi driver wants to know where you, where you're supposed to go. So I tried <laughs> talking in Mandarin and I failed miserably because I was not、uh, the driver wasn't able to understand me. So I had to resort to Google Translate. <laughs> oh, oh, and how did that go? Actually, he, even he started using Google Translate and he asked why you why are you here? What has brought you here? And I said I'm here to learn Mandarin. And he was like, Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So wait, so you landed in Taoyuan Airport, and you took a cab to Taipei. Yes. And where did you study?、Um, I studied、uh, in National Chengzhi Univers Chengzhi University, Chengzhi Guoli Ashui.、Yes. That's right. Yeah, the NCCU. So it's famous for. Languages, international affairs, and all that. Yes. Why did you choose NCCU? Um.、Uh, actually, I was、um, choosing. I was actually、uh, in a dilemma between three universities.、Mm-hmm. One was NTU. The other、mm-hmm. one was uh, the uh, with NCTE. What? I think it was.、Uh, The way ones where it was about education, the education was the main、uh, field、oh, of study. Oh yeah, NT and U. Yeah, yes, NT, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Changzhou Dashui. So, I, and I looked at the requirements for NTU and NT and U and Changzhou、uh, Dashui,、mm-hmm. and I found NCCU to be the easiest. <laughs> How so? <laughs> None of the three were easy, you know. <laughs> These are like top universities. <laughs> the requirements that they were asking for NC, NTU, and NC, NTNU, they were asking for some 
um background in uh, mandarin i guess and i was like wait should i give my background as what i learned in tac but that was just one year is that does that even count so i was in a i was i was doubtful about that but uh, then i looked at whatever they required inside um, for instance uh, they were asking for a lot of stuff and i was thinking why why make it complicated when i compare it with nccu i just like <laughs> because it's yeah, so competitive <laughs> Cool. Oh, I, I'm not sure if how, how the faculty hears about this. <laughs> It's like, oh, an Indian student came over to our campus and said it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but um, for me at that point of time, uh, I felt NCCU was more accessible. Uh, their application form itself was more it. uh, accessible, and it was mm. much more easier. I think NTU and NC- NTNU wanted me to write in, uh, write like a one-page uh, uh, essay type in Mandarin, which I felt What? was overwhelming. Yeah, I know. Me. What? That is just okay. Cool, and that's just for ta- wait. That's for Huayu scholarship, right? Yeah, after you get the Huayu scholarship, they I think they wanted you to uh, write in Mandarin at least bits of it, and uh, they I think they just wanted to check what where our interests lie and how much we've done uh, the background check action. Basically, that's what I gathered, and uh, it was too much for me. But NCCU didn't ask for that; they just asked for like a paragraph for my motivation. It could be in English or in Mandarin. They gave the option for that, so I was very happy with that because, of course, uh, by that it was it was two years already since I left uh, General Global University and TEC. So my Mandarin, my basic Mandarin itself was a bit rusty, and uh, I didn't have the confidence to write <laughs> an essay like that. So now I can. That is a different. <laughs> Oh, shower again. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, so let me just get it straight. Um, you have to go through the application process with the embassy, and that's a separate thing. So they will say that you got the Huayu scholarship, but then you need to find your spot or apply mm-hmm. in the institute yeah. which you're gonna go to study, and then you apply for the the Mandarin or Chinese language center, right? Exactly. Mm. Okay, got it. Cool. And then, so how long does it take for you? Is it the same process or same timeline? Uh, actually, um, uh, actually, the uh, application process to NCC was very quick. They okay. they said they got back to me within a week or two. And said uh, we we are uh, enlisted, enrolled in our center, uh, conditional upon for you. Oh, so yeah. With uh, I applied for you, applied for for you and NCC at the same time by twentieth February or first March. I just applied. Okay. And uh, by second week of March, I got a reply from very quick reply from NCC yeah. saying you're accepted and your application is accepted and you're enrolled. And please let us know the uh, status of your application to Huayu, and also let us uh, w- once you get the Huayu scholarship, please send that award to us. 
And uh, so that we can get give you further details. So I was already uh, accepted in NCCU by yeah. before I got to IU. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's why it's like even without scholarship, you can study in those language centers. Um, but you just very fortunate. I'm happy for you that you got it. <laughs> and so, what was the schedule for you when you were doing a full time Mandarin learning? Oh, it was pretty intense because it was like a course course. For instance, uh, uh, in the mornings. Uh, we were we were having classes from eight to eleven, three hour class, and in the afternoon we had our own uh, you know interactions with uh, Taiwanese students or some projects that we were given. Like for instance, we were supposed to um, have like a speech ready for the next class or be ready for the next class. So we had homework every day, homework, and we had uh, like a five minute. Surprise burst test, yeah, every day. So we need to be prepared all the time, and uh, and they and the uh, and the teachers there were excellent because they made sure that we went back and did our homework. And by doing our homework, we don't need to spend extra time to study for that surprise test. And that was something that I found. Um, uh, very uh, convenient for me doing my homework. I don't need to spend extra time to study because it's already in that component, in the homework component. So in the afternoon it was like that. In the evening you could just hang out with your friends socially. Uh, but I I used to hang out with my roommate <laughs> a lot, and uh, she was. I initially stayed in the dorm of NCCU for three months, but later on since I was a one-year student, they are, I, I thought it would be better to move to an apartment. So I found an apartment and I'm very proud to say that, uh, that um, my Taiwan friend, uh, the Taiwanese exchange, like uh, language exchange friend, uh, she helped me out completely. Like she, it was like a hand-holding experience because my Taiwanese, like my Chinese Mandarin was still, a little bit rusty. I was not yeah. confident to speak to an elder. Yeah, I thought I would make some mistakes mm -hmm. just by you know trying to speak. Yeah. So I was not at all confident. And at that time, she literally had like held my hand and walked me through the whole oh, process, the wow. renting process. Yeah. And do you want to do a total, shout out to her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she recently got married actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you want to say hi and send this episode to her? <laughs> oh sure <laughs> what's her name her name is uh Tsuing and her english name is sylvia mm. so she just recently got married and i Yay. couldn't go she had invited me i had already yeah. told her that i would come for her marriage when she did because i wanted to know what uh, a taiwanese marriage entails yes. like what yeah. does it have what components what is the cultural reason for certain rituals that they do I wanted to know that and I mm. had asked her when we were meeting in Taiwan like the first few meetings we were I, I, I told her I'm very much interested in what happens she walked me through the entire process and I said to her <laughs> see I need a visual representation I yes. need to know <laughs> to the remember experience. So, yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and uh, so she then invited me oh, you can come to my marriage yeah I will definitely invite you so she invited me uh, last year in the beginning of uh, 2020 but then COVID happened and uh, all the you know airports were under lockdown and India didn't 
literally didn't have any plane going to Taiwan. And uh, that's so right. Yeah. I felt oh. bad. <laughs> Did they do a like live streaming online? I don't think so because uh, she said it was very intimate and it was I, something. Yeah. So I just, she, she told me she'll send some videos, video, clips yeah. and private videos and clips. And uh, she told me she'll send me some photos when they come out. So oh, I'm waiting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hope we, uh, I hope you get to join another Taiwanese wedding. It's fun. Every, every family is a little bit different. Yeah, mm. <laughs> she. Was, mm. I looked at her. I was seeing her photograph, like on Insta. She had updated some photos yeah. that she had taken off her gown. Oh my god, she yeah. was so gorgeous! And mm. I thought I've seen you as a as a bride, and after that, I'm seeing her in that white gown. Yeah, and I thought, oh my god, I I, I should have been there to see it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you will. I'm pretty sure, like life is still long. <laughs> COVID will <laughs> will disappear in some time, hopefully. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> I know. I think it's a um a lot of the places is the same. We're experiencing no travels, no socializing events, and all that. So it's ah, uh, it is it is how it is. But um, we're gonna get through this. So then. Sneha, you said that every day you're gonna study, but like I'm interested. Like, are all the students that studious, like hardworking? Okay, um, <laughs> maybe I should be very careful. Then, okay, maybe okay. Not, <laughs> uh, not nah, nah all, huh? Them, uh, because uh, I think <laughs> not all. Because uh, okay, let me be honest. The whole law, uh, um, like for instance, um. Let's say I'm in a particular level, right? Let's say I'm in B1, which is the basic, right? Uh, there'll be different batches. So mm-hmm. it's based on your performance. Yeah. Uh, you're put in a good batch. So I was always with a batch which was, you know, driven and ambitious <laughs> and always uh, focused on getting to become better at math speaking, at writing and uh, reading. So that kind of drove me to be good at good as well. It was healthy competition in that sense. But I think there are there were other students in different batches uh, who took it lightly as well because for them it was more about the cultural experience, not about the language learning as such. So I don't know. I haven't been with them in their classes. But <laughs> yeah, if, they, if you were, then you'll be with them. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Every different students are. Uh, okay, so they they put you into different batches, and then you can yeah. advance to different levels. Yes. Yeah. Are there like level tests? Like when you need to get into the next level, you have to take another test. Yes. Yeah. You you have two tests. One is the midterms, and one one is the the other one is the end term. So midterms oh. you need to do really well. Yeah. And because they constitute certain uh, percentage of marks in your end terms as well. So and end terms you definitely have to do well, <laughs> because that is the criteria for, uh, for NCCU scholarship. Oh, yeah, and also okay. the scholarship. Got it. Cool. So how long do they usually give the scholarship for? It's actually term by term. So if you don't do, uh, and they also see your attendance, that is also mm-hmm. the third criteria for uh, uh, 
the scholarship is the attendance you need to have at least i think uh, uh if you have 15 classes you can only take three classes off or two classes off yeah yeah like 15 out of 15 classes in the sense uh, 15 weeks yeah let me just remember um, like just three um, three sessions yeah. right yeah, yeah three sessions you can take off the rest you can't take yeah. off and wow. uh, strict yeah pretty strict yeah. and i actually lost out because of in one in one session in one term i had uh, medical issues and i took off more than 3 days i took off 4 days because i was sick and because of that uh, i was uh, not given the scholarship for the like they look at the last two terms attendance so because i had low attendance in the uh, let's say in the third term and the fourth term i had full attendance in the fifth term i couldn't get the scholarship because i lacked attendance in the third term on the in, in the third term oh no so and they look at the yeah. attendance pretty strictly and uh, that is an indicator for them that yeah this this in the student is interested and is uh, industrious and uh, driven to learn the language yeah so yeah <laughs> Wow. Okay. We're going to shift gear a little bit. We talked about your language learning and I just I want to ask you like what inspires you the most in Taiwan or what is most memorable for you? Okay, the most memorable. Okay, this is I think this would be a little bit funny because in my head it is funny. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, I told you that I was sick, right? For uh, four days, uh, I had taken off for four days. Before that, I was sick for a long time, but despite that, I was going to classes, and uh, it came to a point where my fever was not uh, dropping down, the temperature was not dropping. So I went to uh, the hospital, and my God, I'm, I have to talk about Taiwan's healthcare uh, at a later point in the uh, podcast. Um, So I was uh, I was supposed to have a, a small surgery, minor surgery. I had that surgery, and I was resting for uh, uh, for like three days. And in those three days, I was uh, actually placed next to another old lady who had support from some organization. I guess I think they had some old, uh, geriatric care organization. So they were speaking, and. <laughs> I could understand them fully. <laughs> They were saying, "Okay, how can foreigners are here? They are coming from such far off places to get treatment in Taipei." <laughs> Is I excuse me, ma'am? I can understand you. <laughs> And no, did you respond? <laughs> no, no. They were talking amongst each other. Okay. And I was able to listen to them uh, because they're just right next to me. Yeah. And um, they were saying, you know, uh, she looks like uh, Indian. I think Indonesian. Yes. I was like, how is this even possible? <laughs> I am Indian. How how did they how did they mistake this? And I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to <laughs> correct them because it lamont to is dropping. Yeah. And then uh, and then they were like, yeah, it's uh, I'm our Taiwan uh, our Taiwan health system is really good. You know, it attracts so many foreigners to come and get treatment. And you know, she, she uh, I don't know if she knows what we are talking about. <laughs> I was like thinking. I know. I exactly understand what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And you never talked to her. No, I didn't. I was just enjoying the whole eavesdropping. I wanted to know more. <laughs> 
That is so funny. I mean, yeah, we need to be careful because nowadays, more and more international students speak Mandarin pretty well. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what did you say about the healthcare? Oh yeah, I think yeah.、Uh, the system, right? I、uh. I think it's one of the best systems. Uh, when I entered the airport, I saw this infectious disease control area, quarantine area, and I was I wondered why do you need a quarantine area? I didn't understand then that、uh, Taiwan was affected by SARS very badly. It was only after interacting with some public health officials that I understood. Oh, yes, there is something called SARS. When I was studying in sixth, seventh standard and sixth, seventh grade. And、uh, and the whole the whole system is so dynamic. It is so robust. It is able to respond. It's all. It's ready. It's it's like response ready、uh, always at all times. They have that quarantine thing, and then the、uh, whole system was.、Uh, I felt uh, very uh, ready to attack. Like if 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 something like like COVID happened, I think. The most important、uh, take back that I took from Taiwan's health system was that it is prepared. That level of preparedness is very high, and I felt that with the disaster management as well, with respect to how the in like one week into my program, uh, uh, into my term,、uh, we were called for a fire drill, and in that fire drill, we were given training for first aid. We were given training for、uh, how to deal with fires, like what do you do. Uh, then I will, we were given training for、um, earthquake. What what do you do during an earthquake? And there were other uh, uh, important aspects that they had included in it. And I was very much,、uh, I actually I was、uh, so thankful to that because I I had always wanted to learn first aid, and I was here learning in Taiwan. <laughs> so the disaster preparedness, the the preparedness for the disaster management, I and the、uh, health crisis. Uh, preparedness! Oh my God, that is like top level. And、uh, I was in the hospital, right? So the way the doctors approached, the way,、uh, even though like I was sick to the point where there was some、uh, the tom tom sweeping ceremony, right? The tom sweeping. I wouldn't call it a festival. It's more somber than a festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiming. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was sick at that point of time, and all my friends—they had already、um, planned for their holiday. It was like a four-day holiday or some some、uh, holiday. Like yeah, they had gone for that, and、uh, even my roommates—they had gone back home. So I was alone, and、uh, there was an international office where uh, that uh, that uh, official literally took care of everything for me. And I, I was literally in tears because I had no family, I had no friends by my side. Everybody was, you know, enjoying, and I was supposed to be enjoying with them. Yeah. <laughs> But I wasn't able to. So for me, that person, I will never forget the face of that person. Yeah. In my life forever,、mm. because she was there as a person、uh, who actually.、Uh, When when you have when you have surgery, you're supposed to give some somebody to you have you're supposed to have somebody to sign off, right? So she was the one who was signing off for me. Wow! And I felt that responsibility that she took for me, so、yeah. a foreigner.、Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I I I can't I can't even I I don't even know how to thank her. I,、mm. I think whatever I say would fall, you know, fall short of my what my feelings for 
my yeah. grateful gratitude of you know gratitude for her because that at that moment if she was not there i don't know what would have happened yeah. and the doctor was very like yeah this is the problem and this is how we are going to deal yeah. and uh, he was very flexible because i had gone to him mm-hmm. two three days back and i said i cannot uh, take off any more i can't join i can't admit now because i have classes and i've already taken off uh for uh, three three four days and i can't take off and he said okay fine but i'll give you medicines for your fever but you need to definitely come back for this so he was very flexible with that with the time and uh, again i'm grateful to that doctor as well because somehow i i don't know why i kept having that issue from a very long time and i none of the doctors in india could figure it out they thought it was something to do with uh, my uh, it was a skin condition basically and uh, they thought it was something to do with sweat but then it became worse in taiwan and i had to literally take care of it and he said just go for the surgery don't care about you know treating it right now just get it cured so that was something that i'm very grateful to that doctor for because in india it's more about treating it and managing it uh, but he was more about no you can't live in this pain forever just get it cured so yeah I, i'm so grateful to him for that yeah wow okay i can't imagine being sick in a foreign country it must be very different all the terms and all the procedures in the system yeah, yeah yeah and she took care of everything that official she she understood that i was in a position where uh i had nobody to even sign off on that i think it was a waiving sheet or something so yeah like yeah <laughs> I, i she was literally like a guardian for me there in yeah. that moment wow That's like extra miles from her job, I imagine. So medical experience, that was one. Is there any other thing that you want to share with us? Oh, yeah. My landlord. Sure. I, I have to talk about her because the day I met her, um, my Taiwanese friend, uh, she was going back. Like, uh, at the end of the term, right, there is, I think there was help. Yeah, I think there was this uh, festival there that happened in uh, that happens in October, I guess. October, November. I don't know. Okay, I, it was at that time that I met my. <laughs> met <laughs> is my it Zhongqiujie or is it Double Tenth, Shuangshijie, the national birthday? Huh. I think one of the two. I don't exactly remember. It was in October. This, okay. This I remember. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> in October, I had met my landlord, and uh, I said my term is get like my dorm uh, agreement is getting over in November. I'll be able to move as soon as uh, my term ends in November, and I'll move in now November end. And she was like, "Yeah, fine." And she didn't ask me for a month's rent, extra rent, because usually what happens is you are supposed to pay the rent even though you're not you've not moved in. Uh, but she didn't ask me for that that is number one thing for me second thing that was the first day she met me and she offered to help me to move because my taiwanese friend doesn't have a car and uh, she was going back home she lives in uh, uh miaoli no that was my room yeah. Mm. yeah yeah uh taichung yeah she was living in taichung okay so she had to go back to her house and she she couldn't be there 
so my landlord she offered to like literally move all my stuff from my dorm to my apartment oh that's yeah. so sweet of her yeah and she told me that i have daughters i have sons and i mm. would you know even if they are going outside like how you are here i would mm. definitely want someone to help them and i am here and you are like my daughter so i'll help you out. i was like oh my god oh, i was wow. literally in tears i had tears in my eyes when i saw when i like when my taiwanese friend translated that to me and i was yeah. like oh my god it was uh, i think that was the first time i cried out of gratitude oh wow yeah First of all, thank her. Thank I'm very appreciative that uh, our countryman is taking care of you guys. And yes, I can t- like I can totally relate to that. It's like in a foreign land, and then someone is sh- showing such a um, heartfelt gestures, and you're not even expecting it. Yeah, that was yeah. like I I didn't even I it didn't even enter in my head that. she could do that somebody could do that for me and yeah. i was all ready to move out on my own i was thinking of ways to move out on my own how to do yeah. it how i should go go out about it go on about it but then she offered like yeah i can drive you i can get my husband and help you out and said, oh my god oh my god oh. even now i i feel emotional whenever i think about that moment because yeah nobody has ever done something like that for me in my life someone who is unknown to me someone who i just met for the first time nobody and that is when i realized that it is not just courteous that uh, courtesy or courteousness that taiwan is known for it is also being helpful just the good nature of the people and nobody talks about that they are extremely helpful and good natured and it comes from within the 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 generosity right it comes from within and they understand the situation the other person is in and they they just offer the help without even uh, needing the other person to ask for it and that is something only an empath could do and i feel taiwan taiwanese uh, people are the most empathetic people that i've met in my life till now Oh well, I didn't pay you to say that, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> no. I just felt like we're recording a promotional um episode. But yeah, well, I was just thinking. I feel like it's so easy to forget about all those things our um our culture taught us to. But I, when we meet someone from the outside. Um, then we want to show it, but I I also want to say it's just you know we probably wouldn't do that to the people that in the same culture. But I I also experienced similar kind gestures in India where I never expected. Um, so I'm just like, oh, that's so sweet. Kind gestures are, are still around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Definitely, definitely. I can hear that. You know, just those little tiny things can make your um, experience so much better. Um, but I want to ask you, like, after one year, right? So mm-hmm. much memorable memories and all that. But how do you continue to pursue your passion? 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question. And uh, the thing is, uh, throughout my life, I have been somehow continuing that passion. So right now, after a year and three months and coming back to India, the thing is, I'm more interested in, uh, I, I talk to my Taiwanese friend, I keep that, that is something that I always do at least once in two months or once in three months, I get in touch with her and I speak to her, try to speak, try to practice. <laughs> and she always, she's so helpful. Even now she corrects me. No, no, not this way. You have to speak this way. This is the best, this is better, better to say. So she, she's always been that. And I also speak to Maitri, the other friend who went to Taiwan. We, we speak to each other in Mandarin because we don't want anybody else to listen into our conversation. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Next time we should invite her and then three of us can have a conversation in Mandarin. Oh, yeah. She's really good. She's using it in our work. Unlike yeah. me. So she's gotten really good. And I, I I sometimes feel, oh my God, okay. Should I just do something like what she did? But uh, should I do something that... Oh, sorry. I just got a call from my brother. Sorry. Oh, no problem. Uh, do you want to take that? No, no. I just declined it. I'll talk to oh. him later. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. And yeah, so that's what I'm interested in. So... Um, a lot of students probably have a transformation after um, they study abroad. And how did you decide on pursuing another master's? Because you already got one in international affairs, right? When we met. Exactly. Yeah. The, in Taiwan, I had decided to pursue my uh, PhD in Singapore. And that was always there in my head. Uh, because Singapore is like... I lo- Singapore has four official languages. One is English, uh, Mandarin, Malay, and Tamil. And I know three of them. So I wanted to settle in Singapore. And uh, I wanted to apply to Singapore. And I, I was applying in the process of applying. And I heard that my father got into an accident. So at the time, I, it hit me that, no, my parent who is living here uh, back at home he needs me right now so I put that on hold and uh, the program that I was applying to was somehow related to economics and I had to do an economics based course so I decided okay let's just get it done uh, because every for, for applying to PhD in economics they definitely want an economics background and I had very few courses in my uh, first master's so I decided to do second master's in economics and I am applying for universities abroad uh, for my PhD since December 2020. Where did you apply for? Uh, I applied to, uh, uh, first I applied, the, okay, I'll just go by the order of application. Sure. US. <laughs> did you consider even Colorado? Please do. <laughs> okay. It's too late though. <laughs> Yeah, I had actually uh, applied to UCB, UC Berkeley, and MIT. I'm not that hopeful with MIT, but UCB, I have a slight chance. Let's see how that goes. And I applied to UK, and I applied to LSE and uh, uh, SOAS, South Study of Oriental and Asian African Studies. Yeah. yeah there, wow. and I applied in Paris. 
and uh, what? like yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, and I'm yeah. and I'm also applying in NTU. So let's see, mm. let's see how that goes. Cool. Did you apply for? Did you mention any university in Singapore? Oh yes, I found something in Singapore that didn't sit well with me. After okay. that, yeah, uh, I found that uh, in Singapore they still have that uh, Section three seventy. Yeah. 77, which is basically criminalizing uh, uh, homosexuality. So oh. I was not okay with it. I mean, human rights, the mm. homose- I mean, rights of LGBTQIA plus is still human rights. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in a country which denied uh, some population of the country, of their own country, that those rights. Got so it. I I was not okay with it, so I just switched to Thai. Uh, I just switched my uh, base from okay. Singapore to the other countries. Wow! So hopefully we'll hear back soon in the middle of this year, 2021. Hopefully, right? hopefully. Yeah. hopefully. <laughs> That is so cool! Wow. Well, thank you, Sneha, for sharing all the stories and experience. Before we end, is there anything you want to add? Hmm. I hope, uh, like, um, I hope that you know people just don't consider language as something, uh, something that is extra that you need to do. It is something very inherent, and it ha- you speak one language, and in the outside when you go to work, you speak another language. It is official language, so it is okay to learn another language. It is okay to have an accent because. It defines you because you're learning another language this in spite of your own mother tongue. And I, I believe that uh, um, that effort that you put into learning a language that shows in that shows in your accent, that shows in the way you speak. And uh, it's fine, even if you're even if I'm making mistakes or even if uh, another person is making mistakes, it's fine. It's just understanding each other and it's languages are doing that and if somebody is making an effort i i i'm extremely glad for that person because that is the first step to the broadening of the mind and appreciating culture different cultures and accepting the differences and that is something you realize only when you learn it and when you put an effort into it and it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to learn and it's okay to be proud of every language that you learned. So that's that's something that I would like to leave with that thought that yeah, languages can make your it can make your mind work in different ways and it can make it more, you know, it can look at it from a different perspective. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that those that that perspective matters a lot because it helps you um helps you be more accepting and in this world where every difference is cancelled out like when, when you have difference of opinion it's yeah. cancelled out and you're, you're in the cancel culture basically so accepting the differences is very very important and it translates to a lot of things because when you accept differences you're accepting so many differences like not just opinions you're accepting lifestyles choices somebody else's decisions somebody else's um, priorities 
and it helps in understanding that person being more empathetic empathetic to another person and we all need that in this world in this uh, you know at this stage at least in the pandemic and in the future to come so we need an empathetic world yeah absolutely yeah thank you for encouraging all of us i i hope the listeners found it encouraging as well um and how, if the listeners are interested in reaching out to you how can i find you you can find me on instagram i can be reached out at, at <laughs> empress1304 <laughs> that's right so the links and all the names the terms that we mentioned will be in the episode notes so take a look at it and reach out to sneha if you're interested thank you so much for coming to the show sneha Thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm happy that I did this. <laughs> Yay! Thanks for listening to Try with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me a chai with small gifts. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time. Thank you.